Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Twin Peaks Season 2, Episode 2, it's called Coma, full spoilers for the episode, as always, Aliens. You know what, but, yeah, I was, was going to say, before, <laughs> before we got to that, <laughs> last season kind of got me into this rhythm where we'd have this strange episode that put a lot of ideas out there, but then we'd return to what passes for normalcy in Twin Peaks, Yes. And I kind of expected that to happen here, but but aliens. Aliens. So so the giant was an alien. Possibly, allegedly. Yes, I, I like <laughs> I like the idea that that maybe he is an alien. They projected. That's that's why he fades in. He was literally projecting himself. If if indeed he was an alien, obviously that's the the obvious. We're jumping to conclusions here, but that, yes, that yeah. is the the only problem. Is, it, you know, they're talking about its transmission, like radio waves, transmissions, mm-hmm. and he faded in, but he, he had physical effect when he took the ring. Sure, but you're the one making assumptions. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I'm just... The, the show wants me to assume that. No, in no, my, one, no one in the show has said that he couldn't have been physical. There's, there's nothing to say that just because... So, we need to talk about what we're talking about here. You, we're, we're, you get jumping okay. to ideas beyond the actual facts here here's the yes. facts presented to us in this episode so so bobby's dad just became one of the most integral characters to the entire show because apparently the classified work that he does as a major is he is in charge of a base that works with satellites and transmissions and just monitoring the great beyond essentially i was not expecting this no and see as soon as he started talking by the way he's just like yeah so i can't tell you much my work is classified and having cooper share a bond of yes yes we have took, taken oaths to uh, uphold the, the rules of our establishments or mm. uh, like, oh yeah very very good but he's like but what i can tell you is this i work for a department that monitors uh, messages from the stars and i'm like that's just giant grin just appeared across yeah, my yeah. face. So, like, you know, it was weird because there was a scene with him earlier in the episode, and I was like, "This is weird." Because he's and... in the diner, and uh, the log lady comes over to him. Uh, she has a bit of banter with uh, Norma, but she says, "Oh, the log's got a message for you." And I like how matter of fact he is. He's like, "Cause she says, can you hear him?'" He's like, "No, ma'am, I cannot." He's very matter of fact. Doesn't make fun of her. He's just very. He's, he's very serious. He takes and and then I'm just thinking maybe he's just humouring her. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not mocking her. But then and then she says, "Oh, you got to give him the message or whatever, whatever it was." You got to deliver. Deliver the, the message. message. Yes. Yeah, and he kind of has this look where he's like, "I actually know what that means." He he takes it seriously. It does. And it, I was it, like. This seems weirdly out of character for him to take a log it, seriously. She even asks him, do you know what that means? And he says, as a matter of fact, I do. And we're like, okay, I guess we'll come to that later. And sure enough, he shows up at Cooper's door. Yeah, but like it was in the moment, I was like, this is weird. It almost seemed out of character for him to be taking it that seriously. Well, like he says, they, they, they're they analysing all these, these radio waves and whatnot from space and Typically, they're just gobbledygook, and presumably yeah. there's scientists that are trying to make sense of them. Maybe there's something hidden in there. But no... He's shaken to his core because one of the things we heard the giant say last week is uh, the owls are not what they seem. By the way, someone did point out in the comments that owls have been mentioned before, and I knew they had been. I just couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, it was when they went to see the log lady. Funnily enough, uh, mm. in the cabin last last oh, season. Oh, of course, she, I remember. She said the owls cannot see us in here. Yeah, you're right, and I think we even mentioned that in the review about how that was a weird line. 
Oh, we did. We did. But this has thrown so much at us yeah, so yeah, quick. That that forget by now. So, no, Carl Mentz have got her back, so they've reminded us of that. Uh, but, so, he's like, right, so, usually gobbledygook, but lo and behold, at this time on Thursday morning, he's like, wait, that's when I was shot. That is the exact time I was shot. And I'm like, where's this going? Like, I grin across yeah. my face, doll, but yeah, I'm like, where's yeah. this going? And it's just, so, just random numbers and letters, whatever it is, and all these spreadsheets of just text and numbers it just clearly says the elves are not what they seem in the messaging and i'm like what <laughs> yeah i was half expecting him to turn the page and be like everything else that he said yeah. to be on there as well so so at the exact same time that this giant appeared to cooper gave him these clues and took his ring and said he was a friend and he said we as well said we yeah said we at that same time, this military scientific research base, whatever it is, got a clear message in radio wave form saying what he said, at least part of it. Yes, and that's where it's interesting to me because they're monitoring outwards, so this message came from beyond, presumably. Uh, it came, yeah, it came in it from came, some outside. It came from space. They're, they're, not measure, they're not looking into Earth for these transmissions. Oh, of course. But so, that, that, that'd be where I think it gets murky, though, and you could argue that they have accidentally picked something up. Yeah, I suppose. The, 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 cause, yeah. Like, if this is this is clearly just not a normal thing. This giant and whatever he's <laughs> working with, it's clearly yeah. something... If it's not alien, it's otherworldly, it's supernatural, whatever you want to call it, but clearly that could interfere with their normal instruments. I would. Um, That's fair, and lending credence to interference would be the fact that they don't get the whole message. Yes. Just, just that line. Well, they get two parts of it. Yeah. Because he then said the next day or the next morning, and I'm assuming this is when the giant woke him up again. I think it was night. the end of, I think at the end of the day, he said. End of the day, yeah. Well, that makes sense because it was when he was yeah. going to sleep. But when he, when he was waking him up in the bed, I'm pretty sure he said Cooper a couple of times to wake him up. Because he, he turns mm. the page and he's like, and then later on that night, it said Cooper, Cooper, Cooper. And that's why he's, that's why he knew it came to him. He didn't just go to someone yeah. random. Uh, so, it's very interesting, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a game changer. <laughs> I can't believe, just casually, episode two, aliens. I'd, I kind of would have, if it had been episode one of, of the season, I'd have bought it. It's like, oh, that's how you shake things up for a season two. And it's not like it didn't give us anything. Season one, episode one did give us stuff. We, oh, it, it gave us plenty. We got Bob, long-haired Bob. There's more than long-haired Bob later. But yeah. We we got aliens possibly. But I feel like the, the 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 aliens meme guy is just the answer to this show now. I'll tell you what I think it is. Go on. It's the proto molecule. <laughs> oh, aye. it's 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 just a couple of hundred years come back. No, because hey hey, I'm just joking. But the proto molecule. They, they theorised could have been stuck there in that part of space for centuries by the time they found it, so it's not... Okay, I'll allow it. It's not ridiculous to suspect that it landed in the mid-90s, or early 90s, so uh, for anyone who's clueless as to what I'm talking about, I'm just making a joke about connecting this to The Expanse, uh, which is on sci-fi. Uh, good show, check it out. But, um, so... Yeah, aliens. And where, where do you go after this? Ah, where this, do this, you go? We could just wrap up now. That's the whole yeah, yeah, review. Yeah, that's, that's it. We're done. Aliens. Nothing else to say. 
aliens. <laughs> uh, but that's not even it's not even the only weird or interesting oh, thing. Not. So he has a kind of another dream, and in this dream he sees long-haired uh, Bob again. But this time his face, like as as he's hearing the sentence, the elbows are not what they seem over and over again. Bob's face like fades into some owls. <laughs> It's kind of a creepy effect. It is a creepy effect. And I'm Do you like, know what? There's some real horror stuff with Bob, the way it's shot. Oh, yeah. We'll get to the other scenes with Bob. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I want to talk about that. But this devil's thing, it fades, and it's like, all right, so is that saying... She's just at the end of the bed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is back This is back to the shot of like when uh, Laura's mum's seen him mm. at the end of the bed, yeah. And his face like fades to devils. And I'm just... Is it... Like, so if he, he's otherworldly, if he's from another place and he's invaded this world, if that's what we're going with here in our theories at this moment in time, uh, like Does when he, he's like, possessed through owls, like Maybe? through like even not even physical owls, but like not even like real owls, but just like pictures of owls, is that enough for him to see through? Why pictures? Why would you say that? Well, I don't know, like a statue, or like you know, someone, you know, people have like a statue of an owl. I am just wondering, is there anything in particular that's made you? Jump to, not actual owls, but also. Well, I'm just thinking we've often seen him uh, just inside. Like, oh, like sure. in, in, yeah. uh, and there's no owl. Like there's not a, a real owl. In, all right, in so all house. right, so you're saying wherever he's appeared, there's always been a, some image of an owl somewhere in the room. Yeah, or something. yeah, that's why I'm wondering. Right, your homework before the next episode is to go back to all the scenes that he's appeared in and see if you can spot an owl somewhere in the room. <laughs> uh, but so the idea that back in the log lady scene in season one when she said, Oh the owls can't see us in here. Right? So the owls are spying. Like the log So the the log is also a message from something. The log that she can talk to <laughs> is a guidance of some form from beyond. Yes. Call it spiritual, call it another alien, call it whatever you want. I don't know. At this point, who who might I suggest? Could be anything at this point, yeah. But the log is helping and the log somehow knows that the owls are not to be trusted. Is it because Bob is looking through the owls? Is it Bob becomes an owl when he's not actually around? As, as what, you say? What is it about her house that prevents the owls from seeing here? Is it like physically like that, that she just hasn't got any owl imagery, so it's safe? Or Maybe. is it protected somehow? Maybe. I may be wrong here, but if I'm remembering right, her, her cabin was completely built out of wood. I believe it was, yeah. Also, you could also describe it as logs. It's a log cabin. So it's, it's all logs. Yeah, yes. I'm wondering if that's the key logs, and that's she's talking to a log. The log is the force of good, the natural enemy of the owls, which Bob is. I mean, <laughs> a major from. a major part of the Twin Peaks town is a is a log sawmill. That is true. That's true. So, you know, there's something there, perhaps. And the logs have been weakened because the sawmill's been burned down. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I would say the logs uh, are weakened by the sawmill because the sawmill destroys logs. It okay, kind of, yeah. Well, it cuts them it. down, doesn't it? Aye. You could go either way with that. I don't. I don't know where you go, where, where, where we're going with that line. I thought. I, anyway. I don't know either. But uh, I mean, logs. Yeah. logs. <laughs> That's where we're going with it. <laughs> oh my god! This episode has destroyed my brain. <laughs> that, this episode's opened such a can of worms. <laughs> it really has. It really right, let's, has. Let's talk about. Should we, should, we, should we stay on Bob? Stay on Bob, right? Before we get to the scene, I know you want to talk about. I do want to mention that uh, Renette Pulaski 
uh, we got a really funny scene actually with Cooper and Sheriff trying to adjust the seats. So those annoying swivel seats that go up and down, and they're trying to they read the instructions, and they're, we get this really long drawn out scene in there. And it's actually really funny. There's a couple of really funny scenes in this one, and it's relatable because those seats are annoying as shit. They are. They are. You don't see them as much anymore. I feel. And I think that's why because they are annoying as shit. <laughs> they're annoying as they've, shit. They've yeah. developed better seat adjustment technology, and therefore we have moved on in the world. I exactly. agree. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so so the show photo of Leo and they're like, is this the man? And she's not talking yet. She's she's mute at the moment. She's in shock and she's not talking. And then they show a picture of Bob, long-haired Bob, and she starts freaking out. And we, we know she was having a nightmare of him last yeah. last week and last episode. And she starts freaking out and that's like, all oh, right, okay. And they get the nurse in and that's, that's that scene. Mm. But that's not the only time we see Bob in this episode. So before we get to the 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 scene, mm-hmm. there's another time that he that I want to talk about about him. Okay. Uh, with Leland Palmer. Oh yes, yes. Uh, he sees because after the scene with her, uh, Cooper says, "I want wanted posters essentially up of this yeah. guy, this drawing. I want the sketch up, and if people get, have seen him, try and get some info." Because on. one of the things at the start of the episode actually is he's having lunch with uh, Albert, and. Amongst other, I want to mention actually a couple of plot points here for this scene. I don't think we're going to talk about much, but the, the triads guy is watching them. He seems to yep. be paying attention Doesn't to them. Doesn't seem to come up much else in this episode, no. but it's there. And the other thing, which Cooper does mention once more to Diane on the tape later, is that his old partner, uh, who seemingly was in a mental hospital or something to that effect, I just got that from the terminology that uh, Albert was using. He called it a laugh house, which I'm yeah. assuming means it's like another slang for nut house kind of thing. But he's escaped. He's, yeah, he's when they were first on there, before he said that, I thought maybe he'd done something around he was a criminal. Mm. Like he, he'd he gone undercover and, you know, got too deep or something like that. But no, but, it's his old partner. It's his old yeah. FBI partner, yeah. Uh, and he, he went he went crazy, went went to a mental hospital and has escaped. That seems to How be How much do you want to bet he's not crazy? And it's he, he had a visit from the giant or something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I'd, I'd put money on that. I would put money I, on that. I'm willing right to now. bet he will sound absolutely raving mad when we see him. But, but he'll talk to Cooper and he'll be yeah. like, Every, oh, yeah, completely. Everything he says will make sense to us, given what we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm, even if it doesn't make sense to us yet, we'll be like, nah, this isn't that out there from what we've seen. It'll make sense later. Yeah. That's, yeah. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, so Leland Palmer sees this wanted poster and he's like, like strucken by it he's like and I'm thinking obviously when he first sees it I'm thinking oh this is the sketch that his wife got the police to draw so he's recognised it from that mm-hmm. but that's not where he recognises it from oh no it's far more interesting he says I know this man and he continues because Ben and Jerry are in the room and he's I know this man this uh, my grandfather's uh, uh, country house or I think it was summer house summer house uh, same difference yeah. and, and he's it was the neighbour, this this country house. I recognised him. It was when I was a little boy, which is interesting in and of itself. I was, and I was like, oh, is this playing on some of our time travel theories that we were talking about? I mean, he, he's, he's in his 50s, 60s quite, quite happily right now. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this is... And we're at the what, start of the 90s. That, this puts it back to the 60s? 50s, maybe? Like, I mean, maybe he's not quite that old. Maybe not. Because you're, you're forgetting his hair just turned white. That's true. So that makes him seem older. I think he's maybe about 40s. Maybe he's in his 40s. I think, it's just, I think part of the reason why I, I am maybe off with this one is because I know Ray Wise is an actor popping up, and I feel like he's probably that age now, and I just think him of as being that age. Cause he he's, he's, he kind of reminds me in the same sense of, like, 
Patrick Stewart, where you look at him then and you look at him now and there's not much difference. Same with Morgan Freeman. I feel like Morgan Freeman's been about 60 for like 30 years. You hit a point and then they just look the same for about 20, 30 years. Yeah, that's what it feels like with a lot of these these actors. Yeah. Some of them just stop aging, uh, at least visually. Yes. And it feels like that with him. Maybe he's in his 40s, but whatever. I, either way, either way. Enough that he that to, to, for him to recognise him... Looking the exact that, same. Looking the exact same at least 30 years later. And him to remember it that vividly as well. Yeah, which means, was he weird? Was he creepy? Was there a reason why he stuck in his mind? And on top of that, like, is this where old man Bob is originally from? Or has Bob been ever-present for a long time because of where is, he's is from? Is he an eternal figure? Or if he's from another place, another dimension or something like that. Does he just pop in at time? Yeah. At like, point? like yeah. He's outside of time. Maybe for him it's only been a couple of weeks since that he met young young Leland. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm... Oh, man. That, that, that was one of those scenes that set my mind going crazy. That was before the aliens. That was before the aliens. And that it was, was be- well before the aliens. I was like, oh, my God, this is so exciting already. And it was before the proper Bob Sighting, which came in a scene with Donna and Maddie and James. And before we get to this, actually, I want to talk about the other scene with Donna, because she's only in two scenes in this episode. Yeah. First I'm of all, jumping all over the place. Yeah, first of all, she does seem to be not as... Like her weird spell from the last episode, which she's trying to act cool all episodes, seems to be diluted yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that'll make more sense later. But she's doing the meals and wheels. That was set up in the last episode. She's doing the meals and wheels that Laura was doing. So she's doing her route. Yeah. And she delivers this food. We forgot to mention the first, the last episode actually. One of the running gags was the hospital food was absolutely atrocious looking. Which people often say hospital food's bad, but it's not as bad as they were making it look. It was just, it was like. Almost just like puddles of paint in like the compartments yeah, on this yeah. tray. It looked awful. Uh, I just I, I reminded myself of it when she like when you the saw food. the food in this, yeah. which looked better. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't as bad. It didn't but look good though, did it? It didn't look good either. Uh, it's not. It was no tray of donuts. So she comes into this this which by the way, Cooper and Albert were having this giant breakfast. There were so many plates of food on the, t- the table. I was like, oh guys, you're killing me. I was sat in there munching a bag of popcorn. It's pretty good. Popcorn's nice, but it's not a substitute for real food when you're seeing all these things in the plates. And anyway, so she delivers this food. She goes up this old lady, and there's a kid sitting in the corner of the room in a tuxedo that you don't notice at first, and she doesn't notice. Oh, I noticed them at first. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, I, I noticed. I, it's very purposely like hidden in the background. Though, e- even like... before uh, Donna comes in the room, I noticed them because he's there That's... the whole time. He, so, I he mean... is there the whole time, but he's never the folks of the show is oh, always sure. just in the back to sure. the side is what I meant by you don't notice him oh sure but he's, he's there to notice if you're if you're paying attention yeah it's, to it's that not that he's not there scene. I just meant he's kind of not hidden but yeah. your, your eye is drawn away from him but he's there yeah. uh, Donna certainly doesn't notice him and she comes in and she like puts the food down and she she goes on about the the, the uh, is it the corn smooth corn or whatever it was the cream corn cream, cream corn cream there you corn. go cream corn yeah, I can't say I've ever encountered. I don't know what cream corn is, I'll be honest. I'm pretty sure it's just like corn from corn in the cob, but in a cream. It just, just looks like slop, to be honest. It looked awful. It looked disgusting. I want no part of it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even eat corn in the cob anyway, or sweet corn. I'm not a fan of, the, of it in general. I'm not, a, I'm not a particularly big fan either, actually. But in this sludge? No, I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, but she's like, I didn't ask for this. And it's just before this, actually, the kid in the corner says... Uh, things can happen just like that. And he's, oh, no, I'll do it on my left. I'm better with my left. 
Just like that. Right? I don't know why. This kid is creepy as shit yeah. as well. I, I, I don't know why, but for some reason my right hand can't do it as well. I'm the opposite. My left hand's no good. I, I don't know why. And I'm yeah, right-handed. I, I, I was just going to ask that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, not, it's not like it's because I'm right-handed. It's not as good there, but whatever. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he, he says this really vague thing. Mm. Things can happen just like that. And then she goes on about her, her cream of corn, and she's like, oh, I didn't... Look, is there cream of corn in my plate? And she's like, yes. And then she asks it again, and Donna looks down again, and it's missing. It's just gone. And then it cuts over to the little boy, and he's just holding the cream of corn in his hand. And 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 the the, the old lady's like, oh, he's practicing his magic. Yeah, like, he's a magician. I was like, okay, I can buy sleight of hand, but this kid, it was perfectly gone. There was not even a hint of the sludge or the sauce. It was perfectly clean slice yeah. of plate. And then it disappeared from his hand as well. Like then his hands yeah. completely clean. Uh, so that in and of itself, weird, right? And we've got this yeah, kid. Yeah, and I was like, who is this kid? Who is what this? What is kid? this kid? Right. This is. Leo Johnson reincarnated. I don't know. Uh, not that Leo Johnson's dead yet. He's in a coma. But so, <laughs> but she starts to inquire about Laura. She she asks the old lady, uh, "Did you know Laura well?" And she's like, "No, not really." Talk to my neighbour, Mister Smith next door. Talk to him. And she's like, "He never leaves the house." But they were friends, which is a very weird sentence in and of itself. Yeah. She's friends with this hermit. Laura, Laura's already been up to so much when she was in her last days before she died. But she's now got a, a friend, an old man friend in a house that never leaves leaves it. And obviously, as soon as she said Mr. Smith, I'm like, Mr. Smith, should that name mean something to me? And I'm searching the memory banks. I'm like, Mr. Smith, have we heard that? I don't think we have. Right. It, it, didn't, it didn't ring any bells yeah. for me. Proceed. Uh, and she goes outside and we get a nice long drawn out shot. She goes up and she rings the doorbell. No one answers. She, she writes, writes a card out puts it in and she's walking away slowly and we see the blinds, someone's peeking just out the blinds and she turns to look and the blinds just snap shut. Mm, just a little bit it's of a great shot. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the phone call, she gets a phone call from this Mr. Smith uh, during the scene that I'm about to talk about with uh, the three of them, uh, which again, in and of itself felt very random because they're, they're I've never, have they even mentioned that uh, James is musical before now? I don't remember it. No, but I like that it was playing, it was like a, a variation of the theme. Yeah, was it just was it just me or did, did, was James's voice very effeminate? Oh, it was. Yes. Yeah, because see, see, even because they've got these like old school classic silver mics. The EEL was I I picture the fifties when I see these mics. I'm sure they're still in use, but I just they look like the fifties yeah, yeah. style to me. I know what you mean. Um, and they've got two of them. He's got one. He's got a guitar, and they took Maddie and Donna on the on the floor, and they're presumably doing backup vocals. But he. He starts singing, and it comes to him as he starts singing, and it sounded so effeminate that I assumed that they were also singing at the same time. But then, as it went on, I realized, oh, they're, they're singing different parts. They're singing like just background yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I thought the same. It was weird. Oh uh, yeah, he's got a very effeminate voice, and I don't know if that was an intentional thing or if the actor just happens to sing with a very effeminate voice. I, it's, it's hard for me to say at this point. But but the problem is in this show, you're you're second guessing yeah. everything. Is this point. intentional? Is this meant to be a thing? Or is it just, yeah. is it just especially when happens? it was it was a quite a long scene for for what went on at this point. It was a long scene. Yeah. Obviously, the other thing in the scene that happens while they're singing is that it seems like him and Maddie have this weird connection that Donna notices and gets uncomfortable with. And obviously, I think we what we take from this, at least at this point, is that it's because he shows like Laura and he gets caught up in the song. And maybe this was a song that he wrote for Laura, and they're yeah. singing it, and he's he's looking at her. 
and Donna gets upset and when J- James goes to talk to her she says she's okay she's still kind of crying but she kind of shrugs it off it's not nah, it's fine and she kisses him it's almost like she just needs to know that he's still hers so she, she goes yeah. in for the kiss immediately but she gets a phone call from Mr. Smith and set up a meeting perhaps we'll, we'll maybe meet Mr. Smith next episode we'll get some glimpses of him maybe in three or four episodes now in this show but the interesting thing that happens is, so Maddie's on her own. They've left Maddie, and you, you hear them kissing in their room, and she's sort of like uncomfortable, just been on her own. It's like they're having a fight. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then she looks over, and we get this just this perfect so low angles, sort of eye level for her, so as if it's her POV. But it's just a wide shot of the rest of the room looking down past the couch, and yeah. there's a sort of uh, sort of not quite an archway, but there's like two. Uh, like banisters kind of thing uh, yeah either side of the room so you've got like a shape to it there's like a sort of opening mm. at the end and music starts getting eerie and it's like alright where's this going and then you see just long haired Bob just casually walking out and he does the classic horror movie thing where he just turns and looks at her and then I thought it was going to cut there I thought that's when she's going to scream and it's going to be like oh I've seen something Oh no! Then he starts walking towards it. He starts walking towards it, and my favorite part is he actually steps over the couch, and he just keeps getting closer, and he's Do actually you know right in your face. I love it because the camera, like you say, it's eye level. It's like we are in her head, where where this camera is, and it's locked it's, off. Yes, yeah. doesn't move. And he's walking straight at not at her. She's walking. He's walking at us. Mm. Is the way it feels when when the way it's shot, and you feel the terror. You it's feel, fantastic. You feel like you're in shock and you can't react. Yeah, you're and obviously always... we can't because we're not we're not in control of the camera. But yeah. that's you feel like you get that's how she feels, and it, it emulates that for us, and it, it works really well. Everything in this scene, the camera, his, his acting. I mean, I know he's only walking towards it, but he's terrifyingly menacing. And know? actually, I did go back uh, and look at remember the dream sequence from end episode three last season, where we first like see we see Mike and Bob, and then it goes to the other place with mm. uh, Laura or the little guy's cousin who looks like Laura, all yeah. that stuff. I just I wanted to I wanted to see what he said and that because I remember him speaking back I remember what he said and he said other than asking for Mike like Mike can you hear me to that effect yeah, he yeah. he said uh, uh, you think I'm crazy but I I I will kill again he actually says that phrase I will kill again mm-hmm. but I think at that time we we're so wrapped up in thinking oh it's someone that Laura knew that killed her that we don't necessarily assume it's him and it still may not be him but it's it seems like we're going down that path yeah. But uh, everything about this scene worked so well. And Kirby from Ra, maybe just slightly misremembering this now. Did he s- hair like was it like grey in this? Was was he older? There was definitely some grey in it. Yeah. Because every time I see him, maybe I'm just misremembering how I was seeing him before. But I was picturing him with just black hair. Oh, it wasn't black. Like like, like 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 darker at least. It was more of a dirty blonde kind of. Darker than what it was, like it was more yeah, maybe. coloured. I don't know. You mean, you're making me want to go back and check now. <laughs> it's one of these things where my memory, you know, how when you think back and your memory gets fuzzy on those sorts of little details like Honestly, that. Honestly, I think part of it may just be the lighting. Like because, it might be, but because in this scene, it's a very well lit room. It's very it bright. Is. Whereas yeah. in the dream, he was in like a dark, grungy area. And that's true. I think the only reason I'm thinking it is maybe because of Leland, and I'm just wondering if there was anything there. Oh, right, yeah, hair going... Yeah. It wasn't all white, It wasn't all white, but it might just be the lighting. It seemed like it was yeah. much greyer than it was before. I, I, I think maybe the lighting was just bringing out the parts that were a bit more grey in his hair. Maybe before it was sort of hidden. 
kind of yeah, thing. It could, could be just that. be that. And again, I'm maybe explaining something off and Lynch is just like sort of simply, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. you're filled, you peasants. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Never think on a technical level when it comes to Lynch. <laughs> he defies technical skill. <laughs> okay, um, so that that was that, that was the all the bar scenes as far as I can tell. As I far, believe so. As far as I remember, uh, certainly some very interesting stuff we we theorized about there. Uh, very, if nothing else, very effectively creepy. Oh and, yeah, it was um, so well done. Yeah, because uh, I, I liked the last episode, but I did think that it felt a bit unfocused. Whereas this one, I came out of it feeling like, oh no, this this hit me with so much good stuff. And this is, I know what this episode was. Uh, on top of that, it was also a very funny episode. There was a lot of good stuff. Andy and Lucy, their eternal struggle. And Andy's like, uh, the doctor... T- well, he's got tape. He's got tape stuck to his forehead from sticking up the wanted posters. He's like, yeah, the doctor told me I was I was uh, sterile. And I, I thought that just meant I didn't have to take a bath. But he, he told me the truth, Lucy. <laughs> Why are you having a baby? I crap me up at first. That seems like how... The reason he found this out was how he was—he went to to donate sperm because that's his civic duty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love Andy so much. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was killing me. Oh, so good. But um, uh, and yeah, yeah. So he goes, "Oh, why are you having a baby, and how?" And she just closes yeah. the glass on him. Yeah, after taking the tape off. <laughs> after, at least she was nice enough to not let him walk around with the tape still on his head. Hmm. It's kind of. Now, she has a couple of phone calls uh, during this episode. One, she passes through, it's, it's Benjamin, who doesn't seem very worried that his daughter's missing. But He's like, ah, I thought I should let you know. Yeah, but he let, he lets the sheriff know, which, of course, Cooper gets upset. Well, not upset, but Cooper... Is like, oh, Audrey's missing. Audrey's nice. She's nice yeah, to he's, me. He's he's formed a relationship. With and her. he mentions it. Le- he mentions it later on in the tape before he mentions the other stuff before uh, Major mm. Major Briggs comes in, and he gets a phone call from Audrey at the end of the episode. That's how we actually end the end the episode. Is that Audrey calls Cooper's like, right, okay, I'm a bit over my head. Uh, cut, cut, uh, I'm going to leave, but she never actually gets to say where she is. She we, says she's in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. We know the notes under 